It's the HBCU Report with Bob Calloway. One, two, three, and to the four. Snoop Doggy Dogg and Dr. Dre is at the door. Ready to make an entrance, so back on up. Cause you know we're about to rip shit up. Give me the microphone first so I can bust like a bubble. Compton and Long Beach together, now you know you in trouble. Ain't nothing but a G-Bang, baby. Too low death, nigga, so we're crazy. Death Row is the label that pays, man. Unfadeable, so please don't try to fake this. But uh, back to the lecture at hand. Perfection is perfected, so I'ma let them understand from a young G's perspective. And before me digger the bitch, I have to find a contraceptive. You never know, she could be earning her man and learning her man. And at the same time, burning her man. Now you know I ain't with that shit, Lieutenant. Ain't no pussy good enough to get burned while I'm offended. And that's realer than real deal, holy feel. And now you hook us in hoes, know how I feel. Well, if it's good enough to get broke off a proper chunk, I take a small piece of some of that funky stuff. It's like this and like that and like this, Santa. It's like that and like this and like that, Anna. It's like this and like that and like this, Santa. Drake creep to the mic like a fan. Well, I'm beeping and I'm creeping and I'm creeping. But I damn near got caught, cause my beeper kept beeping. Now it's time for me to make my impression felt. So sit back, relax, and strap on your seat, don't you? Never been on a ride like this before With a producer who can rap and control the maestro At the same time with the dope rhyme that I kick You know and I know I flow some old funky shit To add to my collection, the selection symbolizes dope Take a toke but don't choke If you do, you have no clue Of what me and my homie Snoop Dogg came to do It's like this and like that and like this and uh It's like that and like this and like that and uh It's like this and who gives a fuck about those? So just chill to the next episode Falling back on that ass, what a hell of a gangster lean. Getting funky on the mic like an old batch of collard greens. It's the capital S O S impression, double O P D O double G Y D O double G. You see, showing much flex when it's time to wreck a mic, pimping hoes and clacking a grip like my name was Dolomite. Yeah, and it don't quit. I think they in the mood for some motherfucking G shit. Yeah. So Drake, what up, dog? Gotta get them what they want. What's that, G? We gotta break them off something. Hell yeah. And it's gotta be bumping. City of Compton. It's where it takes place, so we're national attention. Mobbing like a motherfucker, but I ain't lynching. Dropping the funky shit that's making a sucker niggas mumble. When I'm on the mic, it's like a cookie, they all crumble. Try to get close, and your ass will get smacked. My motherfucking homie, Doggy Dog, has got my back. Now Never let me slip, cause if I slip, then I'm slipping. But if I got my Nina, then you know I'm straight tripping. Okay. Connecting the SWAC, the MEAC, SIAC, and the CIAA, the HBCU experience lives here. It's the HBCU Report with Bob Calloway. We back. Good Saturday morning to you and yours. Rob Calloway hanging out with you Saturday, April 11, 2020. One day away from a Resurrection Sunday. Y'all got those Easter speeches ready? Who doing an Easter speech on IG Live tomorrow? I think I'm going to do a couple uh, A and B selections. Man, it's, it's unbelievable that this is this is the new normal. This is the the life that we're living right now, man. You know, I can't speak for everybody, but I know in the black culture that Easter thing is real. Or you, at least it used to be. 
you know, my daughter has never had to say an Easter speech, but 30, 40 years ago. Oh yeah, man. 30 years ago. Definitely. That was the big thing, man. I can, Oh my God. Shouts out to all the seasoned saints that are no longer on this side. You know, good God. Easter was a, Easter was a major thing for me and my family. And by the way, this is the HBCU Report, and I am Rob Calloway. Thank you guys for tuning in, however you may be listening. Follow us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at HBCU Report. Um, yeah, man, Easter. It's unbelievable, man. No Easter gatherings. You know, no Easter services. You know, I have to admit that it's kind of good on the dads because we don't have to do what? Well, I don't have to do it anyway because I have a, a, a daughter. But what? No Easter suits. Yeah, man. Yeah. But but you know what? That was kind of like a rite of passage. I remember my dad would buy me like two or three suits a year back when I was, you know, young because I only really wore them to church. And I used to mix and match the church anyway. But my dad used to buy me, um, I would always have slacks and dress shirts and stuff like that. But he would buy me three suits a year. And one of the suits that I would get would be my Easter suit. And, um... Yeah, I used to look forward to that. Oh, my God. I used to look so forward to me and my dad going uh, shopping for Easter suits. Man, great times. Great times, great times. Um, So I'm not sure how Easter's going to fare for many of you all tomorrow. I know for me, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be crazy. It, and, and the God honest truth is, and I know I'm not the only one that's witnessed this, is that right now, um, in the time that we're living in, a lot of people have started going down that, road to nostalgia right everything everything is is nostalgia everything 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 we and so you know i guess that's what tomorrow will be you know everybody taking a look back at what easter used to be versus what easter is today now if i'm not mistaken president trump said we'd be out of this thing by easter is that not what he said tell you i that dude don't know what the hell he's talking about. <laughs> Has no idea what he is talking about. Man. And for those of you uh, new to the show or just tuning in uh, after a while uh, of being away, uh, we're doing this thing three days a week, uh, Tuesday and Thursday night at seven o'clock. And then Saturday morning right here on the X squad affiliates radio network at nine um, Tuesday, we were joined by Michael Cole, Super Bowl champion, with the New York football giants, also a Bama State Hornet. And Thursday, we were joined by Rich Freeman, the head football coach of the Morehouse Maroon Tigers. If you missed those interviews or those episodes of the HBCU Report, you can go back and relive that episode or any episode of the HBCU Report via Spreaker, iHeartRadio, the TuneIn Radio app, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcast, or any platform where great podcasts are available. Not just average, but great podcasts are available. All right. Shouts out to Drew Brees, man. I don't know how many of you all have heard the news, but uh, Drew Brees has already signed a contract with NBC Sports. Now, he, he put on his shoes and shoes. Yeah, he did. And uh, chose NBC Sports over ESPN after he retires. And so this is crazy, man, that he's already putting this thing into play. You know, Breeze just signed a, a $50 million deal with the Saints. What was it, a, a two-year deal? So I guess they're saying in two years he's going to make the transition over to NBC Sports where he'll be doing play-by-play for Notre Dame football games and football night in America uh, before moving over to Sunday night football. 
So uh, that's big for Drew Brees. Big shouts out to NBC. You know, for those of you that are fans of HBCU sports, which should be 90% of you guys, um, I've been making uh, the statement for a minute now that NBC sports, like I really, 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 really like the way the NBC sports, the way that they do things. And from an HBCU standpoint, if you look at the way that they treat the Bayou Classic, man, they treat the Bayou Classic first class. First class. Meanwhile, if you look at the way that, that these other networks, I'm not handle stuff like the Magic City Classic and these other big important games within the HBCU realm. I'll even say the Celebration Bowl, the ABC broadcast. Yeah, if you look at that broadcast and you look at what NBC is doing over there, it's like night and day. NBC makes the, the that one particular HBCU game that they broadcast, they make it look huge. You would think that it was a Notre Dame game, that it was an NFL game or, or just a power five or something. They do a really good job. And I would love to see um, NBC Sports partner more with uh, HBCU outlets because something tells me that they have it. Man, they've nailed that thing. <sighs> Jesus Christ, they have. If you haven't seen the broadcast, just go back and look. Or, I mean, I would say wait until November but I'm not sure if we'll even have a Bayou Classic at this point. This is the HBCU Report. Rob Calloway hanging out with you guys Saturday morning, uh, just taking a look at some of the things that are going on in the world right now. Uh, The XFL, man, grand opening, grand closing, part 2B. Yeah, man, the XFL announced that they suspended operation and laid off all employees less than a month after the whole COVID-19 pandemic forced the operation to shut down. Now, remember, this is the second time that the XFL has, um, you know, tried to get started, tried to gain some traction. Uh, Vince McMahon, this dude, I don't know. I think he's bleeding money at this point. I think the COVID-19 pandemic is going to really, really hit a guy like Vince McMahon. The XFL was starting to catch on. You know, people were getting excited about it again. And then, boom, COVID-19, over. WrestleMania, the biggest event of the, and for WWE, rather. COVID-19 hits. Boom. No ticket sales. You're doing WrestleMania over two days in front of no audience. I just, I just don't see how uh, Vince McMahon and those will be able to sustain, um, I don't know how long they could sustain at this point, but you would have to think that uh, the wrestling business, when you look in the audience, you know that the wrestling business is, is, you know, big on uh, audience participation, ticket sales. I don't, I don't know how far wrestling will actually make it at at this point. I I just, I really don't. Um, Also ESPN is reporting that multiple NBA teams will attempt to sway the league to push the date of this year's draft back to August 1st, more than a month past its current schedule date of June 25th. Again, COVID-19, I mean, is just really affecting sports. And the God honest truth is, mentally, I'm preparing myself. I'm preparing myself, ladies and gentlemen. I'm preparing myself for what, Rob? I am preparing myself to witness not one sporting event through the rest of 2020. You just kind of got to wrap your mind around it, that it might not happen. 
Magic City Classic might not happen. And if it does, will it be in October? I mean, it's a lot of it's a lot of things that you got to look at. And so uh, it's it's crazy, man. Uh, and, and, you know, before we get ready to go to break or actually before we get ready to take a quick look back at 1992 um, Thursday I, and I think Tuesday as well, I was talking about um, the battle that we were supposed to see between Babyface and Teddy Riley. Right. That was supposed to take place last Sunday. Well, the news comes out that Babyface uh, whose birthday was this week. He and his family actually tested positive for coronavirus. And so that's why he was, he pulled out of the event with he and Teddy Riley, but he did say that the event is going to take place next Sunday. I think it's next Sunday, if I'm not mistaken. So that is still happening. Okay, that's still a thing. Also still a thing tonight at nine o'clock. Uh, we will see Swiss Beats and uh, Timberlands versus as they present RZA versus DJ Premier tonight at nine o'clock on DJ Premier's Instagram. Now, for those of you, I don't I don't really know. And I'm going to have to actually ask uh, our guest coming up, um, the dean of HBCU Sports, Dr. Kenyatta Cavill. Uh, I know he's a, a, a Texas guy, and I know that uh, DJ Premier's group Gangstar was huge down there in the Longstar State. So uh, I'm going to have to definitely ask him about the whole Gangstar situation. But for those of you not familiar with DJ Premier, DJ Premier is a producer of all mainstream artists. I'm not going to say all, but a lot. Kind of like Scott Storch, okay? RZA, on the other hand, is the Wu-Tang Clan's producer. So it's kind of like, as I mentioned the other day, Scott Storch versus Manny Fresh, where you got a mainstream guy versus an in-house guy. So I'm not really sure how uh, this is going to work out, but definitely uh, shouts out to both of them. I love these events. And so I will be tuned in nine o'clock Eastern uh, via DJ Premier's Instagram. All right. So before we go to break, let's take a quick look back in 1992. Uh, it was April 10th of 1992 that uh, South African, I think he was the president at that point, uh, Nelson Mandela announced his plans to divorce his wife, Winnie. Actually, he was not president at that point, but he announced plans to divorce his wife, Winnie. Uh, on April 26th, Alex Haley, the author of Roots, uh, won the 1992 Ellis Island Award just two months after he died for the book Roots. But then we find out later on, I, I hate if I spoil this for somebody, but then we find out that everything that Alex Haley put in the book was embellished. It was supposed to be a trace back to, through his lineage, right? But then we find out that a lot of the stuff was just embellished. Still a good book, still a good movie. But damn, Alex, you ain't have to do us like that. <laughs> uh, in music, uh, March 24th, Arrested Development, ATL's own Arrested Development, released three years, five months, and two days in the life of, which went three times platinum. Not sure if in today's culture, if Arrested Development would actually go three times platinum, but they had some bangers. Yes, they did. Three in particular that I remember really, really well. Uh, looking at the box office on May 29th of 92, Whoopi Goldberg's sister act hit box offices and in sports. We were just talking about wrestling. It was April 5th of 1992, WrestleMania 8, where we witnessed Macho Man, ooh yeah, the Macho Man Randy Savage, defeat the Nature Boy Ric Flair to capture the then WWF heavyweight title. 
All right. So that's a look back at 1992. Coming up on the other side, as mentioned, we will be joined by the dean of HBCU Sports, my guy, Dr. Kenyatta Cavill, and he is the greatest mind in HBCU Sports. Let me say this. If Reginald Ruffin over at Miles College has branded me the P.D. Green of HBCU Sports Talk, then my guy, Dr. Kenyatta Cavill, has got to be the greatest mind in all of HBCU sports. And so he joins us coming up on the other side. This is the HBCU Report. Follow us, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at HBCU Report. Open calendar. What's my schedule looking like? Next Thursday, you will be caught in an emergency flash flood between Park and First Street. What? No, no, that, that doesn't work. I'm, I'm busy then. Decline. De- decline. Floods don't exactly work around your schedule. Disasters don't plan ahead, but you can. It starts with talking to your loved ones about making an emergency plan. So don't wait, communicate. Visit gema.ga.gov. Brought to you by GEM, HSA, Ready Georgia, FEMA, and the Ad Council. If you missed the HBCU Report with Rob Calloway, here's what you missed. Rob Calloway tapping it up with Doug Stewart. Black folk, man, we suffer from a, a disease called lack of insurance. Like, but we don't ever have insurance, but we got to start a GoFundMe. We got to get a PayPal. We, we got to get all this stuff going. So first of all, why is it important to make sure that you have some type of life coverage? Like other communities, man, they look long-term. You know, we're very short-sighted in the way we view life. But imagine if you, you know, turned 21 and you had $300,000 waiting for you in a life insurance that you could use to put down on the house or start a business. You know, and so a lot of times we just start out behind the eight ball in our community because we don't use life insurance as a tool to build financial wealth. HBCU sports fans, you finally have a voice. This is the HBCU Report with Rob Calloway. Biatch. Eee, what no be a bit? You look good now you carry. Long time I watch, I'm a one chat. Yeah, you go like you know one chat to me. So what I'm doing, tell him what the fuck I go on now. Creeping down the back street on D's. I got my Glock cup, cause niggas won't ease. No soon as I said it, seems I got sweated by some nigga with a tech nine trying to take mine. You wanna make noise, make noise. I'll make a phone call, my niggas coming like the Gotti boys. Bodies being found on Greenleaf with the fucking heads cut off. Motherfucker, I'm straight. So listen to the play by play, day by day. Rolling in my phone with 16 switches. And got sounds for the bitches, clocking all the riches. Got the hollow points for the snitches. So won't you just walk on by? Cause I'm too hard to lift. And know this ain't Aerosmith. It's the motherfucking DRE from the CPT. On a riding spree, a straight G. Hop back as I pop my top, you trip. I let the hollow points commence to pop, 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 yeah. Cause if it don't stop, I have to put my shit in reverse. Go back and take another spot. Cause I'm rolling in my six fold. <laughs> With all the niggas saying. Just another motherfucking day for Dre, so I begin like this. No medallions, dreadlocks, or black fists. It's just that gangster glare with gangster raps. That gangster shit makes the gangs of snaps. Uh, burn to the motherfucking streets. 
and word to these hot ass lyrics and don't fix that I hit your wit that I get your wit as I groove in my phone on D's hitting the switches bitches relax while I get my proper swerve on bumping like a motherfucker ready to get my serve on but before I hit the dope spot gotta get the chronic the Remy Martin and my soda pop now smelling like Indonesia bus stop full of fly bitches and skeezers on my dick cause my foe won't hit pancake front and back side to side and all that shit so when I crawl I comes correct now if your bitch in my shit it's your bitch you check nigga now let the Chevrolet slide as I dip and make a trip to the south side yeah rolling in my six <laughs> what all the bitches saying Let me ride. Hey. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? HBCU Report, Rob Galloway hanging out with you. Let me ride. <laughs> I love that song, man. Dr. Dre, 1992, The Chronic. And uh, as you probably have been able to tell if you've been listening to the top of the show, we're just celebrating The Chronic all show long. Usually what we do Tuesday, Thursday is we play a mix of music from 1992, but we're just nine days away from 420. And then the news comes out that Dr. Dre's The Chronic album is making its way to all streaming platforms. It was announced Thursday that uh, Dre's debut album will be available on all streaming services as of 420, the celebratory day for marijuana smokers. Yeah, man. So I saw that. I was like, oh, yeah, let me ride. Hey, I, man, <laughs> shouts out to Dr. Dre, man. You know, the Chronic was such a groundbreaker. And then, of course, the Chronic 2 was even even more ridiculous. Man, unbelievable. HBCU Report, Rob Calloway hanging out with you. Oh, really quick, before we go to our guest, um, how many of you actually, how many of you on Twitter actually retweeted the uh that fake sports center account that mentioned Colin Kaepernick having a new job as the quarterback of the New York Jets. How many of you all did that? Unbelievable. Unbelievable. This is the society that we live in today. We can see a logo, right? And we can see a name. But if we see the logo, screw the name. And that's pretty much what happened. Everybody saw that SC Sports Center logo. Didn't even read the name, the handle, and boom, everybody thought Kaepernick had a job. Everybody except for this guy. No way in hell. Look, I love Cap. It's over. It's over. We might as well stop dreaming that dream. It's over. And there's that. There's that. That's all I have to say about it. It's over. It's completely over. And the NFL made sure of that. Okay? Hopefully, hopefully... They won't um, treat the NFL HBCU combine with the same disrespect. So hopefully that thing will circle back around next year. But we'll see. We'll see. Right now, we are being joined as promised by the greatest mind in all of HBCU sports. Talking about my guy, the dean of HBCU sports, Dr. Kenyatta Cavill, joining us on the HBCU report. First of all, Doc, welcome back to the show. It's always good to be on, and I thank you for the nickname, and I have taken it to heart. I've used it. I played the drop you did for me, so um, it's showtime. Well, Doc, you know, you and I kicked the football season off here in Atlanta, uh, recording a segment for the HBCU report, and we were talking about the research that you did 
uh, showing that North Carolina A&T could actually sustain walking away from the MEAC. And lo and behold, we got the news towards the end of the season that A&T, or after the season, that A&T was in fact uh, leaving the MEAC following the conclusion of this upcoming season. So were you surprised or did you, were you one of those people to say, yeah, I saw this coming? Yes, I still was surprised. You know, you do your research um, and you're like, this is what the data saying and this is kind of what you would hear. But when it finally happens, it still was a shock in a lot of ways. And um, it was one of those things where I was not excited about being right. I really hated to hear that North Carolina was moving. A&T, I should say, was moving. And more of it was not so much that they wouldn't be able to survive and be in a good position. And I just did not think from my research, including that, that the Big South was really a better conference than the MEAC. Um, when you look at it in various categories and classifications, it just doesn't add up. So while I knew what could happen, uh, I would rather have seen them take a bigger leave and maybe go to, as we talked about during that time, was the FBS level looking at the um, Sun Belt, uh, which my understanding is probably what they're trying to do, but I just don't believe that the Big South is a conduit necessary to do it. Um, and they could do it without taking a couple of years to be in the Big South. So we'll see how it plays out. I mean, it's still a one big league. It's still a 16th seed, essentially, league. Um, football is FCS level, so one bid league. Uh, you lose your money from the celebration bowl. Academically, there are stronger academic schools in the NEAC in regards to Howard, Morgan State, in terms of doctoral research schools, uh, FAMU, uh, to name a few of them, versus North Carolina A&T being essentially the only one since Liberty is left that goes over to the Big South. So even academically, Wise. And so a lot of ways I think it gets to that old vernacular that we talked about is the uh, the idea that the ice is cool across the street and we live in a paradigm where what we talk about from an academic perspective is the critical race theory and there's a tenant there that talks about whiteness as a property norm. And I know people are not necessarily comfortable talking about it, but as an academic, it's my job to do that. And it looks in a lot of ways that perception suggest that the Big South is better than the NEAC, and that simple perception is the fact that you have historically white colleges and universities, therefore a white conference automatically has to be, in most people's mind, perception, has to be better than these historically black colleges and this historically black conference or this black conference. So white institutions are better than black institutions. And for that reason, uh, it's not something that I'm excited to hear about, to be frank with you. Yeah, I totally get it. I, I totally get it. A lot of times we go back to that old mindset of thinking, if it's white, it must be right. Um, we had Michael Cohen on the show Tuesday night. Not sure if you had an opportunity to listen, uh, but Michael talked about, you know, going to University of Arkansas and being in front of all these people and being on TV for two years as a two-year starter. And then he talked about, when he transferred to Bama State, how he got to become a completely different person. And the person that he got to be was himself. You know, because that's what HBCUs allow us to be able to do. I agree with you. I heard that interview, and 
as you said, he dropped some uh, nice science on there, a particular phrase that stuck with me that he used and said, you don't necessarily realize you're wearing a mask until you go to a place where you don't have to wear the mask, where you can literally take it off. And he was talking about the, the symmetry in terms of being at Arkansas, that there were questions and things that, you know, he went through and wasn't comfortable with, but really didn't realize just how uncomfortable they were and that he had to wear this mask in terms of explaining who he was, what he was, that he wasn't just an athlete. Mm-hmm. And when he went to HBCU and he was experienced with other individuals like himself, he didn't have to do that. And he was able to enjoy the uh, all the of life that he deserved. So I think your question that you asked was great because it brought it to the floor and his ability to articulate uh, his thought process was Dude, it it I mean, you have no idea what that did to me when when he said though that key phrase that he didn't have to wear a mask anymore, Doc. Yeah. I almost hit the floor in here. I almost hit the floor. (laughs) Yeah, he dropped the mic. Woo, Lord have mercy. Jesus Christ. This is the HBCU Report. Rob Calloway on the line with the dean of HBCU Sports, Dr. Kenyatta Cavill. You know, just running the gamut, you know, as we deal with this whole COVID-19 pandemic. Speaking of which, Doc, um, how you been dealing with this uh, situation? No, you guys haven't been on campus. So uh, how's this pandemic and, and the shutdown, how's this been playing out for you? Yes, for me, um, I was working with the VP of Inclusion Athletics. And so I had a first lens inside the circle in regards to what was going on. So I can literally take you back because I know you're celebrating years of 92. So it made me think about this uh, in regards to listening to the show previous to this interview. I can take you back to that Wednesday, the Wednesday night. And I'm planning to get on a plane that Thursday. They would take me to the MEAC tournament for a day. I'd get to see the quarterfinals. I'd fly out Friday morning and head to Birmingham for the SWAC basketball tournament uh, in Birmingham for the semifinals and the finals on Saturday to meet the athletic director and cover it like we do from the media perspective. Mm-hmm. And this was right after having a home game on Tuesday for the quarterfinals of the SWAC where Texas Southern and Prairie down the street um, literally won those games so they were moving to the tournament. So Wednesday comes, I have a luncheon with the AD as I said, VP of Intercollegiate Athletics, and that night the bomb drops, if you would. It makes it real for everyone. And that was the NBA um, player announcing uh, that he had COVID-19 or the coronavirus. And it moved so quick that by Thursday morning you hear the basketball tournament talking about they were having a basketball tournament with no fans. Right. Uh, next thing you realize quickly um, that they decided to cut off tournaments all of a sudden before the end of the day. Essentially, you were hearing it went from not just having uh, the NBA season. By the end of the day, on Thursday, Friday morning, there was no spring sports. So it was surreal. So I'm talking to the provost next uh, in terms of the administrative staff, and now you realize how real it is and why athletics were starting to make the decision because they were talking about putting all the classes online. So to sum it up, I've been uh, teaching my classes online that we hear about across the country. I was fortunate because I was already teaching a lot of my graduate sports studies and sports leadership courses online, basically all of them. And so I just rolled into it. Now, personally, I've added the CV um, 
or resume, as a lot of people would call it, uh, kindergarten instructor, because I have a five-year-old son, <laughs> so I had to <laughs> school at home. So um, I can add that to the CV. That's been intriguing. Partnering with my wife, um, as we do half a day. I've tried to make sure I've done better with my health, so I've worked out for 26 days straight. I will work out in terms of uh, the treadmill, so I've been fortunate that we had one of those. I pulled it out the dust and now <laughs> using it. So that's a good thing. I've lost 20 pounds. Good. So be proud of that. Um, as you talked about, trying to be better students of the health. I've changed my diet. Uh, had the chance to concentrate less on that. Started adding smoothies instead of that junk stuff. And so, um, lastly, I've recommitted to uh, a book that I got approved to write from a publisher. So, I'm um, seeking to finish up on writing the 100-year history of the Southwestern Athletic Conference. As Whoa. you know, 2020 was the 100-year anniversary, so it was a good time. And so hopefully while it looks like those celebration things will be pushed back, you know, maybe as much as a year, uh, but ultimately, hopefully, we'll have a book out that these people will be able to read and celebrate to some degree. Absolutely. A lot of history in that swag, Doc. Uh, hold the line for me real quick. Uh, we're up against the break. Coming up on the other side, we will continue our conversation with the dean of HBCU Sports, Dr. Kenyatta Cavill, and so much more right here on the HBCU Report as we continue to commemorate 1992 with the songs of the Chronic. Yes, sir. This is the HBCU Report. Rob Calloway, and I'll be back after these words. Titans, go! When the Teen Titans go to the movies, they know the best way to travel is safely. Hollywood, here we come! Budget! And you know it's super. To keep your child safe, be sure to use the right car seat for their age and size. Exactly. I know you're We're finally on the big screen. Have a seat, my dude. For more information on finding the right seat, visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Gotcha. That's a wise move. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. If you missed the HBCU Report with Rob Calloway, here's what you missed. In your eyes, Coach, what does that say about my character that I wasn't serious enough about the student part of being a student athlete to already have taken the test? You can't. You can't play football and have a desire to play on a higher level if you don't take the ACT. And the earlier you take it, uh, the better off you'll be because the test is not necessarily a cakewalk. You know, um, there's a lot of people that don't do well the first time they take it. So um, I just think every high school coach out there should just really hone in on getting their guys uh, to go and take uh, the test when they come in as ninth graders and then take it again as 10th graders, 11th graders, and just keep going. And then by the time you're senior, you would have taken the thing at least four times. HBCU sports fans who finally have a voice. This is the HBCU Report with Rob Calloway. <laughs> yeah, hell yeah, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Mr. Buster, where the fuck you at? Can't scrap a lick, so I know you got your gat, your dick on hard. From fucking your road dogs, the hood you threw up with, niggas you grew up with. Don't even respect your ass, that's why it's time for the doctor to check your ass, nigga. Used to be my homie, used to be my ace, now I wanna slap the taste out your mouth. Make it bow down to the rope. 
fucking me, now I'm fucking you, little hoe. Oh, don't think I forgot. Let you slide. Let me ride. Just another homicide. Yeah, it's me, so I'ma talk on. Stomping on the easiest streets that you can walk on. So strap on your cop and hatch your lopes and watch your back, cause you might get smoked, low. And pass the bud and stay low key, BG, cause you lost all your homies love. Now call it what you want to. You fucked with me, now it's a must that I fuck with you. Yeah, that's the fuck I'm talking about. We have your motherfucking record company surrounded. Put down the candy and let the little boy go. You know what I'm saying? Fuck motherfucker. Wow, wow, yippee yo, yippee yay, doggy dogs in the motherfucking house. Bow, wow, wow, yippee yo, yippee yay, death rose in the motherfucking house. Bow, wow, wow, yippee yo, yippee yay, the sounds of a dog bring me to another day. Play with my bone, would you tell me? It seems like you're good for making jokes about your Jimmy. Well, here's the Jimmy joke about your mama that you might not like. I heard she was a Frisco dyke, but fuck your mama. I'm talking about you and me, toe-to-toe. M-M-U-T, your bark was loud, but your bite wasn't vicious. And the rhymes you were kicking were quite bootylicious. You get with doggy dog, oh, is he crazy? With your mama and your daddy hollering, baby. So what that lets you know? All right. Welcome back to the HBCU you Report. As you can tell, it's great day and all day. Celebrating 1992, as I mentioned in the uh, previous segment. Uh, for all you stoners, just in time for 420, Dr. Dre's The Chronic, the original Chronic, is going to be available on all streaming platforms. And so that's huge. That's huge for an album that's one of the biggest in hip hop history. The fact that it's not on all streaming platforms anyway, it's crazy. But it's Dre Day all day. We're celebrating the songs of uh, The Chronic right here as we close out our celebration of 1992. Uh, before we go back to Dr. Cavill, I told you guys Thursday night that during this segment, I would unveil my top five HBCU football players of all time in response to ESPN's um, top small college studs for all 32 NFL teams. Well, first of all, let me say this. I've grown. I've grown because years ago, just five years ago, six years ago, if somebody asked me to put together my list the top five small college studs of all time. And I went back to the HBCU ranks. I know five small college studs like stud studs. <laughs> they call you bruh. <laughs> That's a whole other story. So I've grown. I've grown. Yes, I have, because this is going to be a real list. Just not five chicks that are trying to be hard. No, this is going to be an actual list of five HBCU football players. So make sure you follow us on social media so you can get your votes in as well. Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at HBCU Report. All right. Now, before we went to break, we were uh, on the line with Dr. Kenyatta Cavill. Dr. Cavill, you mentioned uh, that you had that you have been authorized or given permission to write this book about the SWAC. Now, here it is. A lot of history in the SWAC. A lot of history in the swag. I love the swag. I mean, the swag has really meant a lot to uh, the NFL, if you will. So in that regards, and the swag and the MEAC both have, but, you know, swag bias. But let me ask you this. In your opinion, uh, you know, a couple of weeks ago, we were supposed to have the NFL HBCU combine. Uh, so what are your thoughts on that? I was excited for that. I think it was overdue. Um, I think the NFL is starting to understand that um, they're having some trouble with their fans. 
and one of the largest fan base um, that follows the NFL are plenty and simply African Americans or blacks right. whichever term for to use. And so and there's they realize there's a huge connection in this African American community in terms of HBCU culture. So if you recall, they partnered with the Celebration Bowl in terms of the NFL experience they do with students. Mm -hmm. uh, so I think this is another connection with that to understand that this is a way, one, to pay homage to our history, as you alluded to with some of the greatest that ever played the game, but at the same time, as a marketing strategy, it's smart because now you're galvanizing that fan base uh, to keep involved, particularly under the umbrella of the negativity that took place with what we heard uh, Trump in terms of what he has done with the NFL and obviously with the Kaepernick stance that's taking place that I am supportive of. Um, but this is a way for them to try to provide a different framework of how they want to re-image that to the African-American or black community. Yeah, absolutely. Now, he, here's something that I know you, you might be in tune with because I know you're all about the research. But um, with with the tournaments being canceled, where you start talking about conference, then you start talking about NCAA, you know, there's a lot of revenue that, that's generated through that tournament. And while I understand that from an HBCU standpoint, we don't really make any money off of, like when the NCAA disperses money, they don't really they don't really take care of us from that standpoint. I think I saw a stat that said from 97 to 2018, the Big Ten was paid out $340 million through the NCAA, uh, through the tournament, over, like I said, over a 21-year period. Meanwhile, the SWAC only generated $25 million. So I know they don't really take care of us from that standpoint. But. Correct. But with, with there being no tournament, no spring sports, we don't really know how this whole thing is going to trickle into the fall uh, from a revenue standpoint. You know, how what what kind of effects do you think that we're going to see from a revenue standpoint within the, the HBCU realm? Yeah, it's already starting to happen. Uh, you make a great point. 70 to 85 percent of the revenue that comes from the NCAA basketball goes to what we refer to as the Power Five conferences, SEC, Big 12, ACC, and you know the rest of them. But that means only 15% goes to the other conferences, including the SWAC and the NEAC. So your question is really right on point in terms of while the money may not be magnetized in regards to uh, what the Power Five schools, but it still hurts. So, for example, I can get down to the brass tacks and give you the numbers. It's my understanding that the SWAC institutions will probably lose about a half million dollars per institution in regards to their basketball money and other NCAA money associated. So while, while the Power Five schools are really panicking because they've lived on that money for so long that they're really in trouble, it's still going to be a significant hit for the for the SWAT, a MEAC school, if you would, and I think even more so for our Division II programs and those private institutions versus the public institutions, um, the, those are components that you really need to pay attention to. And if this goes all the way into the fall, you're talking about football money. So now you're talking about um, half a million to a million dollars that you could possibly lose in the football season. Now, let me be blunt. 
institute that we need to be careful because we're just generalizing this. But this is institution to institution specific, mm-hmm. even with HBCUs. So some of our schools that you know are more football heavy than other schools that are basketball driven. So our football intensive schools, i.e. Southern, FAMU, for me, I give you an example, Jackson State could be hit much harder than maybe a Texas Southern University, um, if you would, Mississippi Valley, because they haven't had the, the concentrative in years of success in football. So they tend to maybe get hit more with basketball. So that's to give you some framework in terms of how much challenging this COVID-19 will be. But the target thing that our listeners want to pay attention to is really uh, there's two components that you're going to see that this decision is going to be made for college sports in the fall, if you will. Already you're hearing that summer school will be online. So that means it's very unlikely that you're going to have summer football practice. And for that matter, soccer or volleyball comes mm-hmm. in at that point. Uh, at best, you might see it in August, and that's why you're starting to hear them try to say that we're going to push it back in September, maybe no conference games, and therefore season can start in October. There's already a report that says that you'll be lucky if we can get sports on in November. You just heard Jesus. the Olympic, I believe, Olympic 21, people come out and say that they're not positive based on how this goes on, that they'll even be prepared for Olympics in July. So this can get quite concerning depending on how much we pay attention as you told everybody to do their part stay at home which we're doing wash your hands and do the social distancing the more you do of that the more time you will get and allow the scientists to be able to come up with what you really need which is a vaccine with that said the two components you're going to have to look at for college sports to take place the first thing is you're going to have the first hurdle is professional sports have to get the okay to play it's going to be very challenging for college sports to say that they're playing without professional sports playing. I think you had something come out from the uh, Ohio State um, athletic director uh, talking about that. Why does it make sense if fans can't be in the stands that players play? So you're already starting to hear that germinate and come out. So the first thing is, is can you get professionals to play? And then you might have a chance for college. The second thing, which is probably even more important, I might should have put first, is the fact you have presidents. If the presidents don't feel safe for students to come back, then depending on how enrollment hits, that's going to be a bigger piece, particularly for HBCUs in terms of their athletic budget. What is the enrollment going to look like in the fall? And will those students still be online, which will be better than not having anything, or will they be on campus? If you don't have those two hurdles, it's going to be hard to imagine that we'll have football this fall. Yeah, and I mean, and it's so unbelievable when you think about it, you know, from from an HBCU standpoint, not really so much from like a PWI standpoint, but because we have these magical things during the fall called classics. Um, there are certain markets, certain cities that depend on that revenue to come through every year. Like, Birmingham depends on the Magic City Classic. New Orleans depends on the Bayou. Um, and so, I know, right. and I know y'all got a couple of the state fair. Yeah, the state fair, right. They, they, you know, Dallas, they depend on this money. Now, you know, and so a lot of people not even thinking about how it's, how it's going to uh, affect people from that standpoint. You know, that, you know, the, the money that people will be out here generating from the classic, whether it be the schools or, 
um, the, the city that's hosting. Like people, people are, you know, in a bad right. situation right now, potentially. That's right. Unfortunately, you hitting it on the head because you're talking about for those classic games, you're talking about anywhere from five, fifteen, some of them to $20 million economic impact on the city. Um, and so that's a lot of people from the big corporations in terms of uh, the hotels, airlines, um, to major businesses in regards to your small and mom and pop small businesses. And we see how they're hemorrhaging uh, right now. And that includes, i.e., uh, black restaurants, black businesses. Uh, they at least get a piece of that pot. We would want them to get more of it, but they're getting at least something. You're talking about all that drying up. So it's a challenge to read, but at the end of the day, um, we have to find a way to be safe. Absolutely. Or you're talking about the alternative is the loss of life. Yep. And nothing, in my opinion, is worth the loss of life, <laughs> particularly when you're talking about in the African-American or black community, as I say, in terms of our elders. While we may think that some young folks may not have the same thought process we have, but generally speaking, in our community, our elders are everything. So to not allow them to live out their life um, in a manner that is dignified is really crushing for me to hear. And now we're starting to hear some of the concerns in terms of the pre-existing conditions health-related, which is a whole different subject, but how it may be impacting us in regards to uh, the death cycle related to COVID-19 pandemic. So it really goes full circle, and you start to see, as I talk about the HBCU cultural aesthetics and the HBCU sporting diaspora, how it starts to play out and how that affects uh, directly in many ways, obviously sometimes indirectly, the African-American or black community. Absolutely. He is Dr. Kenyatta Caville, the dean of HBCU Sports. Now, dean, before I let you go, uh, you know, we've been celebrating 1992 right here on the HBCU Report this week. So where were you in 1992, sir? Epsilon got my older in the ninth and fall ninety, came back that spring and played Alpha Phi Alpha. So I thought I was the big man on the yard as an alpha man. And if you're talking about ninety two going into uh the next year that fall, that means I was a senior in uh the mechanical engineering program, getting ready to graduate, um and starting a year early into the graduate program. So I remember that very fondly, running around and listening to uh, Dr. J's Nothing But a G thing, thinking I was uh, big stuff, <laughs> <laughs> uh, things of that nature. So yeah, I was I was all into the hip hop music, um, and so uh, I thought I was getting it done. Uh, my guy, my guy. That look clearly, Dr. Dre was everybody's favorite because. Um, everybody this week talked about Dr. Dre. Now, Michael Cole, Michael is a little bit younger. I had to go crisscross on Michael Cole, but, um, <laughs> but, but everybody, you know, everybody that was at least a teen in the nineties, you know, everybody was messing with Dre. Cause that, that was a, that was a, a, a game changer right there. Yeah, no doubt about it. Yeah. Ice Cube was up there on my list. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, let me ride, Drake, because you had this whole list of this stuff was going on. You still had a little bit of the Eric B. Rakim, 
don't sweat the technique. So, yeah, I was in it. And then, you know, you had Gangstar, and a lot of us at Prairie View were big on that because the DJ uh, went to Prairie View right there. So um, we always had a lot of love for Gangstar in, in terms of that. But really, like a true hip-hop fan, as you put it out there, man, I listened to it all. It was yeah. all hot. Hip-hop was the world. It was so diverse at that time that you had to, you could listen to it in different phases and having had different moves. So different times of the day, you could have different types of things you would play. So for me, it was listening to it all. So we were hitting the road, doing our road trips, going to the Bayou Classic, going to the Freak Nick in Atlanta. Um, uh, I remember that going to that in the white two-door Ch- Chevette. <laughs> um, and so taking, taking a bus all the way from Prairie View to Baltimore, Maryland for the Engineer of Years Award as I was a engineering major mechanical so yeah 92 great memories you know i thought i was big stuff you probably were the big stuff man you probably were you probably were the, 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 a young dean in the making we gonna tell everybody <laughs> <laughs> my god dr king Kavir, tell everybody how they can uh, follow you on social media and how, how they can hear the show i certainly appreciate that that's uh social media platform facebook instagram twitter dr kenyatta Kavir, dr K-E-N-Y-A-T-T-A-C-A-V-I-L. Again, that's V-R. K-E-N-Y-A-T-T-A-C-A-V-I-L. You can listen to me every every Tuesday from 6 to 7, right, before this show comes on Tuesday and Thursday. But certainly on Tuesday, listen to me and give you an introduction as you get into this show right here at 6 to 7 Central Time on Dr. Bill's Inside the HBC Sports Lab before you listen to Rob Calloway bringing you his, the second version of HBC Sports. You get a full two-hour impact. There How about go. that? There you go. They just need to put us on the network and then just let it be. That's what yeah, we need, that, Doc. That's how it lies right now. We'll take it to the next level. They want some ratings. We'll do that for them, too. We need it. That's what we need. Well, my guy, I appreciate it, man. You and the family, y'all be safe. And, uh, you know, hey, you get any developing news, man, make sure you hit me up so we can talk about it on the show. I'll do that. I get it like that, and you'll be the first to get it. I'll, I'll make sure that. I Whatever. It. You go talk about it on your show first, but I'll take a second hand. <laughs> it depends on when I get it. Oh, what well, there it is. Gotta get it out there. I'll let you have it in case it's for too long because it's gonna get out there. So I'd rather be able to discuss it uh, before it gets old. So I'll bring it to your show at Thursday or Saturday. Uh, if it comes over the weekend, you're right. I'm gonna go over <laughs> <laughs> Dude, you are crazy, but I know, I know. All right, thank you so much for uh, checking in with us, Doc, and we look forward to talking to you in uh, the next few weeks, okay? No problem. I appreciate you. I love you. Keep, keep bringing it. Give the people what they need, what they want. Do a great job, Rob. All right, my guy, Dr. Kenyatta Cavill, the dean of HBCU Sports. Well, folks, my time is uh, about up. I'd like to thank you guys for tuning in to the show. As I always say, without you, there would be no HBCU report. I'd like to thank our guest, the dean of HBCU Sports, Dr. Kenyatta Cavill. Ladies and gentlemen, please make sure you spread the word. Tell a friend to 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 tell one more friend that the HBCU Report is available three days a week. Well, we're live three days a week. We're available seven days a week. We are live three days a week, Tuesday and Thursday at 7 p.m. and Saturday mornings at 9. All right? Make sure you you pass the word. Follow us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at HBCU Report. 
And remember, when we're not here, we're there. There is our official content partner, SportsNewsAndBrews.com, your official source for sports, black news, political news, and the latest on your favorite craft beers. Coming up Tuesday, we will unveil our top five HBCU athletes of all time. All right, we had to push it back from this week, but Tuesday, we're going to unveil it, so make sure you're following us on social media so you can get your votes in as well. All right? And just remember, tomorrow is not promised, so we've got to be the best version of ourselves every damn day. Gone. It's the HBCU Report with Bob Calloway.